Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 145 of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Jamie, and I'm here with my co-host, Mary, and I want to wish you all a very happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, Jamie. Oh, thank you. I can't believe it's this week already. Yeah, I know. I mean, please, December, December 2020, we've we've made it. (laughs) I know. I know. So close. I don't feel like some giant switch is going to flip on January 1st, though. (laughs) No, neither do I. Alas, but right now we can enjoy the the joys of the holiday season. And it's actually, I like that we're going to talk a little bit about this because our guest today, he talks all about leadership, but in determining what kind of leader you are through play. So that felt like a really good segue from talking about holiday shopping. (laughs) (laughs) You like what I did there? I like what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Great point. Yes. I've been doing all of my holiday shopping online and I hate processing returns. I feel like I'm not a good citizen of the, of the, of the earth by all the online shopping I'm doing. I really, I'm trying to, you know, be more cognizant of my footprint and I feel like every day and my, my older son is actually on like a climate justice, like tear. So he's been auditing us. And every day oh. he gives me looks of disdain at the <laughs> I was like, these are for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fine. I won't buy you holiday gifts. Right. Well, I, I mean, I try, I've gotten some things local when I, when I can, of course, but I'm also trying to support other small businesses, but it of course, so it's good and bad, right? Because we can support small businesses from like around the country, but then at the same time, like we do need it to ship to us. Yes. I know. That's, that's where I'm torn. I have definitely gotten some local stuff that's important, but yeah, yeah. like even just going on Etsy to support yeah. some small business right. owners, but 
I know. I'm trying to be a better climate citizen. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, let's think about all the things that have, you know, that we've done to contribute to saving the climate this year, like barely ever driving. Or flying. Or flying. Right. Exactly. Stuff like that. So maybe it like balances out with how many things I told him that. I was like, like, we use metal straws. He's like, that was a few years ago. (laughs) We do use metal straws, but he's like, that's, you can't rest your laurels on the metal straws anymore. That has expired. That savings has expired. He's like, I'm over this. Pick something else. With your nonsense. I was like, we walk everywhere. We don't drive anywhere. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to count for something. He's he's on a um he's on a tear for us to compost. Oh, they do have bins around town. I know. Well, we were at the farmers market a couple, maybe like one or two months ago, and the local Girl Scout troop had set up a whole thing about composting. Mm. And uh, yeah, that was the end of that. He's like, yeah. what? <laughs> Took all the information. He's he's you know in fourth grade, so yeah. it's not not like yeah. he's a teenager. Took all the information. He's creating charts. That's it's, amazing. Yeah, he's way into it. He can be the next Greta. I'm telling well, his older cousin, she is very much into climate. And she actually created a presentation for the family to shame all of us. Oh my goodness. So how, oh great. yeah. She's she's uh in middle school and she's she sent care packages to all the cousins. There's like 12 first cousins. And uh, we all got care packages and then she sent books. And she created a presentation to shame us into why we are not good enough. And my my son was like, she is absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, kids are our future. So there you go. That's a perfect example. So instead of talking about holiday shopping, we've talked about (laughs) how shameful I feel the number of boxes that have come to my house. Right. Right. Well, it's part of holiday shopping. I try. I don't know. I feel like I don't have a good enough system. I'm trying like as things come in, like figure out if I'm keeping it or not and then like try to return it right away. But I want to have less trips to the to the post office. So I took a whole batch today. Very good. Nice work. Yeah. Are you done shopping though? Is one ever really done shopping? I don't know. I have a deadline. I'm not really good about having a list. Uh, Right. Well yes that right. So I have a, a later deadline. Yes. And I always end up buying stuff for myself this time of year, which I'm curious if other people do because it's you know, on Wait, sale. People and I don't? like to stock up essentials. <laughs> I'm confused <laughs> I don't know. by I'm confused by that question. <laughs> I don't know, but my husband is horrified when he sees all the boxes coming. <laughs> He's like, What did you get now? I thought we finished getting things for the girls. Yeah, well, I have to get stuff for myself too. So Seriously. We deserve to be treated. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I digress. <laughs> Everyone's probably like, mm, I don't really care how many things you buy. <laughs> This is interesting to me that you um, you do not make a list, whereas I do make a list. What? Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, I didn't make a list this year, like at all. Very interesting. Wow, someone's gonna want to like dissect our brains one day. <laughs> Don't. That would be a terrible exercise. Yeah, I make a list because each kid does get a gift every night, but we do very small gifts. Yeah. So we're not doing some crazy stuff. They get one like cool gift and then seven very small gifts. But I have to keep track of that to make sure that there's one for every night and that they're not, they don't start getting out of control. See, I think I would do better with structure like that. I'm not forcing myself. So I don't know. Hmm. That's it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, that's how I ended up with an elf on the shelf this year. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's funny. <laughs> anyone wants to know, I made it almost seven years with no elf on the shelf. And 2020 was the year that did me in. <laughs> we have none here. It's a lot of work, these elves. I have no interest in it. I, I didn't either. But let me tell you, the joy that it has brought to my older daughter, she is just fascinated and obsessed which is a little bit creepy because the whole thing is around them, like watching you all the time. Right? <laughs> I can't get past that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's very, very bizarre. But um, but she's been so excited. Like it. I mean, you can see how much she believes in magic, like in her eyes. And it's just it's incredible. And I was kind of thinking the other day, you know, she's she's almost seven. Like how much longer is she going to believe? And I caved. That's joyful. I love well, that. I caved because the, the teacher at school has something similar in the classroom. So she started oh. talking about it all the time. So it forced my hand. But I have to say, <laughs> it it has been, I mean, it's been amazing for her. So I was like, you know what? 2020 has been pretty, you know, not so great in a lot of ways. Let's do something that brings her joy. I like that. That's a good segue to talk about our guest. There you go. Look at that. (laughs) Our guest, like I said before, uh, is Jeff Harry. um, And he shows individuals and companies how to tap into their true selves to feel their happiest and most fulfilled all by playing. See, I told you I did not make this up. Jeff is like the perfect guest for this intro. Jeff has worked with Google, Microsoft, Southwest Airlines, Adobe, the NFL, Amazon, and Facebook, helping their staff to infuse more play into the day-to-day. Jeff is an international speaker who's presented at conferences such as Inbound, South by Southwest, and Australia's PauseFest, showing audiences how major issues in the workplace can be solved using play. Jeff was selected by Bamboo HR and Engagedly as one of the top 100 HR influencers of 2020 for his organizational development work around dealing with toxic people in the workplace. His play work has been most recently featured in the New York Times article, How Do We Add More Play to Our Grown-Up Life Even Now? He has also been featured on AJ Plus, Soul Pancake, the San Francisco Chronicle, and CNN. While we spend most of our time pretending to be important, serious grown-ups, it's when we let go of that facade and just play that the real magic happens. Fully embracing your own nerdy genius, whatever that is, gives you the power to make a difference and change lives. Jeff believes that we already have many of the answers we seek, and by simply unleashing our inner child, we can find our purpose and in turn help to create a better world. And now on to the interview. I am very excited to announce the launch of the Unbusiness School, Hashtag Legal's new course offerings. In our first round of classes, we've created a series of mini classes on the following topics, business formation, contracts, trademark, copyright, and terms and conditions and privacy. Whether you are a designer, developer, creator, or you own your own brick and mortar business, we will be breaking down the topics you need to know that can confuse many business owners. We've capped all videos at 20 minutes to make sure we get the most important subjects without all of the unnecessary legal jargon. You can choose the mini class you want, or you can buy a bundle and make a masterclass. We are here to provide you confidence to make decisions about your business. You no longer have to fear the legal side of your business because you'll be empowered to make decisions and will know when you need to ask for help. For more information, go to school.hashtag-legal.com backslash the unbusiness school. I am 
so excited. And by excited, I mean like little kid excited. And you'll know why I'm saying that in a minute for our guest today. His name is Jeff Harry, and he runs a company called Rediscover Your Play, which is why you get it. See what I did there? Jeff, thank you and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Jeff, I mean, with that kind of introduction, we got to jump right in. Yes. Tell us who you are and what you do. So my name is Jeff Harry. I founded Rediscover Your Play, where I combine positive psychology and play to help businesses tackle their most painful issues in the workplace. And we use an experiential play method to do it. I need to know more about that. So so, so when I say painful issues, I'm talking about like toxicity in the workplace. I'm talking about office politics, the meeting before the meeting, the meeting after the meeting. Why are you doing that? Um, how to create an anti-racist workplace, how to create an inclusive workplace, or especially for a lot of creatives and founders, as we were talking about before, how to deal with your inner critic. How do you address that inner critic? So a lot of my work is around that, as well as also helping a lot of staff figure out how they can get into a state of flow. Because a lot of businesses hate talking about the word play, but they love that word flow. So I'm all about exploring, like, how do we get your, your staff in the state of flow so that they are doing the work that most makes them come alive and also has them stay at your organization for a longer period of time. That is such a unique perspective and one, honestly, you just don't hear all that much, which I'm sure many people have said to you. So how did you discover this? Oh, man. So I'll tell you the short, short version. So remember move, the movie Big with Tom Hanks? Of course. But yeah. So I saw that movie when I was in third grade and he was playing with toys for a living and he got hired on a piano. So I went to a FAO Schwartz and started dancing on a piano thinking that I was going to get discovered there. That did not happen. So then I started writing toy companies in fifth grade and I just didn't stop until... I got hired by a toy company. Like I went to college, you know, and then I, you know, started working for toy companies and I hated it. <laughs> like, you know, when you get the thing that you always wanted and then it's not the thing you always wanted, like I got to get into this club. It's going to be amazing. And then it's horrible. You're like, oh gosh. So I'm there, no fun, no high fives, no kids, no play. They might as well have been selling microwaves. Mm. Um, and then I left New York uh, moved to the Bay Area and found this organization that had only seven people at the time teaching kids engineering with Lego. And they there was only seven nerds there. <sighs> and then over the next 15 years, I helped grow it into like one of the largest Lego educational companies like in the country, if not like the world. And what's ironic is like you and I met at like a conference, Mom 2.0, and your child has one of my nerdy Lego bow ties because I've given away like a thousand of these, right? But the ironic part about growing that business is we had no idea what we were doing. We were just playing the whole time, right? If it felt good, we would do it. If it didn't feel good, we wouldn't. Let's expand to New York because that's super fun. Anyone want to go to, you know, uh, Laramie, Wyoming? No, it doesn't seem fun to me, you know? let's hire this person because they're dope. And we just kind of played with it. And we realized that a lot of other people don't know what they're doing, but they're just trying to figure it out. And I was like, yo, why don't we do more of this? And then Fortune 500 companies, especially ones in Silicon Valley, the Facebook, the Googles, the Adobes, you know, all that, the all of them were 
Like, hey, do you do team building events? Well, of course we do. No, we didn't. We didn't know what we were doing. We're just making it up. But then as I found when we got to those companies, they wanted to talk about creativity, collaboration, connection, taking risks. They had all the posters on the board that said everything that they should do, but no one was playing. No one was creating the environment where they could take those risks and also these environments, they weren't tackling the bigger issues that were getting in the way of actual play. So how do you bring play to, uh, I'm thinking about even my background, like I worked for the most uptight law firms that exist. How do you go into these environments? And while tech companies, certainly um, uh, having them as clients, they're a little more agile, but they're still tech companies. So how do you come into a company like that and bring them such a sort of novel idea when in in a lot of these organizations, play is looked down upon as not good or something that is just wasting time. So a lot of times we couch it, and this is why I did a lot of positive psychology work as I was doing this, is to be like, okay, what are your goals? Oh, I want my staff to be more productive. Oh, I want them to be more fulfilled. Oh, employee engagement is really important to me. Well, what does that actually mean? Okay, well then let's figure out a way in which we can do that in a much more fun way to tackle something that you've been avoiding for Mm. a really long time. Do you know how to have hard conversations with your employees? Do you know how to like change their behavior by changing their experience in order to change their beliefs, in order to change their actions, in order to get the results you're looking for, right? So a lot of it is about approaching it from a, a pain point standpoint and being like, let's Let's dive into it. A, and by the way, the bonus is that we're going to have fun doing it. And by the way, the bonus is we're going to role play and be silly. And you're going to actually get to see each other's inner child. Like I just ran a workshop for a biotech company last week where they all shared with each other what did they love to do when they were kids. There are connections being made that they didn't have before. And then we tied what they did as kids with play values and then tied those play values to what is the work that they love to do now, Mm. right? Because I define play as any joyful act where you're fully present in the moment, where you've let go of time, right? You're fully in love with the process and it doesn't have any purpose. And when you're your staff is doing that work where they're forgetting about time. They're doing their best work, their red thread work or their zone of genius work, as Gay Hendricks says. So why not be focused on helping them get there? No, oh, I, I like that philosophy so much. And I, I agree with you. I mean, the happier that the people are and the more connected they are with work as someone who manages a staff. I can, I resonate with what you're talking about. I, I know there are some people who listen to the podcast who have staff, and I think some of these thoughts are certainly helpful for them. But I also really want to talk about how you work with, say, a founder that either is just a solopreneur mm-hmm. or has a small staff like myself. What are some of the ways that um, play can help us deal with some of those really difficult issues that we face as founders? Ooh, well, let's talk about 2020, right? Let's get into it. I just teed you up for that one. (laughs) So I, I always ask people, how's your 2020 going, right? You know, 
Like you had all of these expectations of what 2020 was going to be. How many of us said this was going to be our year, right? This is it. I'm going to be speaking all over the world. You know, I'm going to be married. I'm going to do like whatever the thing that you wanted. And the thing is, is adults are so fixated on expectations and results. That is that is how they measure a lot of their value, their self worth. As my friend Angie Cole says, how much do you, of your self-worth do you tie to your productivity? And then in 2020, a lot of that had to go away. And because of that, I always say expectations is the thief of joy. And when you're so focused on one result, you are ignoring all of the other possibilities that are out there, right? So like just breaking down the 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 brain science behind it. Usually in your prefrontal cortex, you have your inner critic that is always talking to you. You have all these like thoughts because you're conscious. But when you're in a state of flow, what happens is your beta normal state turns into this state of flow, which is referred to as the transient hypo hypnofrontinality state where a part of your prefrontal cortex actually shuts down and your inner critic starts to disappear as well as time changes. It actually also slows down. So then when that happens, your implicit mind shows up, your creativity shows up, you start to see more possibilities, and then you get this dopamine hit because you have higher levels of curiosity. And then all of a sudden you're seeing all these options that you didn't see before. And that is the mindset that a lot of kids have, and that's why they're able to be so resilient. So being able to embrace that during 2020, even these last three months and being like, let me just adapt to what is going on, gives you such a better ability to actually be successful because you're willing to be open to what's next. So how do you get to that place, right? Like so many of us are bogged down with responsibilities and all, let's just say they're bogged down with 2020 <laughs> and that can be whatever that is for who's ever listening. Cause we're sort of all floating in the same ocean in different boats, right? All experiencing something different from it. So how do you even start to get to that space? Maybe at one time you found joy in what you did, or you, you were able to have that flow and, but now you, you can't even find it anymore. Like, where do you start? Yeah, that's a great question. So first, um, and I run this in my uh, workshop with my friend Lauren Yi, where we have people let go of 2020. So they write down all the things that they thought it was going to be, and then they fold it up into a little paper airplane and they let that crap go. <laughs> say it like not forever, but like it's not happening right now and it's okay. Let's mourn the fact that it's not happening and then let's go let go of that, right? But then there's a second part of it. Um and my play mentor Gwen Gordon talks a lot about this a lot is just like you can't play until you're able to soothe yourself to calm yourself down. And if you think of when you have some of your greatest ideas, it's when you're in the shower because you're calm, you're soothed, you're soothing. And you actually adopt your the way in which you soothe or calm yourself from the people that took care of you the most, the people that nurtured you. So if they have a lot of anxiety, you're actually taking a lot of that trauma and then learning how to do it that way. So you have to be able to like figure out how do I soothe and calm myself, right? Then after you do that, then it's time to 
to stop binge watching Netflix for a little bit. It's time to turn off social media. Not forever, maybe not even, you know, for the whole week, but I'm just like, for the day. Let's just do it for the day. And allow yourself to be bored because when you think about it, when you were a kid, that's when you had your best ideas. That's also when you had your most dangerous ideas. <laughs> but it was like, right? You're like, I think I'm gonna leap over this cliff, you know, like, but. But allow for that boredom to show up. A lot of other people refer to that as stillness, calmness, however you want to do it. But get bored and then just listen. Just listen for that whisper, that quiet inner child that is that has like talking about a certain curiosity, like make that podcast, you know, write that blog, make that video, reach out to that person that you've always wanted to reach out to, but you're too scared. And just follow that curiosity just for a little bit and just see where it takes you. And, and I'll, I'm telling you, it's just going to be such a more adventurous entrepreneur career and also such a more adventurous life. I, I love that. I, um, I talk about this on the podcast a lot and I, I definitely get a lot of flack about it. I actually hate goal setting and I hate goal set. I know I'm not supposed no, to say no, that. I love this. I, I love hate this. goal setting for the exact reason that you're talking about. I feel like it sticks us in a box because oh. then we're stuck on the goal. And if oh, you don't, right, like it makes me, and it's so funny because you talk about like sort of following your gut, like goal setting makes me feel physically uncomfortable. Like I hate it. And so I'm like, why am I doing this? Because some podcast or some person said, you got to set goals. And then one day I was like, I'm not setting goals anymore. I'm just going to follow what happens, what takes me, which isn't to say like life happens to me. I certainly have ideas and things I'm excited about, but like when an opportunity presents itself, I'm just like, yeah, that's cool. I'll do it. And we figure it out later. The, Your the, framework the re- makes me excited. <laughs> well, 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 part of this, and this was inspired by my friend, Angie Cole, who, who's, I just had a conversation with her in Croatia today, and she was talking about this. She doesn't have a to-do list. She's crushing it in business, and she has no to-do list. Also, I was like saying something to her, and I was just like, yeah, I need to build consistency. And she goes, you know what consistency is? That is some dude bro BS. <laughs> and I was like, what? talking about and she's like this belief that we have to like do everything like a robot is ridiculous and she says like when she is in her powerful feminine and i'm trying to explore that because play is in a powerful feminine type state it's she follows like what she feels is needed at that time so like she'll do coaching calls and they'll be like how long's the call she's like until it needs to be done right you know and then the consistency is she's like I'm not saying don't do anything, you know, with a habit, but do the habits that actually fit with you because the dude bro nature of like, we got to get everything done. You got to sleep eight hours and then you got to do all this work and then you got to do this and you got to smile the whole time. And it's like (laughs) enough of that. You got to slay the dragon. We got to stab that dragon. It's just like, why are we killing dragons? You know, I love dragons. If it was a real dragon, why would I want to be slaying anything or destroying? We got to destroy the day. It's like, come calm down for a moment, you know, and just like, let's just be more at ease and see where this takes us. Just like this conversation. We don't know where this is going, but that's part of the magic of it. That's, that's how exactly how I feel. 
And I feel like when it comes to consistency, like there are certain things in business that we don't like to do, but you, you sort of have to, because you're in business. Like I have to have a website. I don't want to look at the back end of that site because it makes me feel upset. So I hire someone to do that for me who I trust and know. And much like I don't like looking in my books, like I know my numbers, I know them well because I have to, and I have those responsibilities, but I'm not in them on a day-to-day basis. I'm looking at monthly reporting. My operations people, ops is my, that's what this whole month is about operations on the podcast. Last month in October, we're recording this in October. This will go live later, but all last month was about operations and productivity. It's my, I hate it. It's not my Mm -hmm. zone of genius. It's Mm -hmm. not any of that. So that was my first hire because I knew that I was, I, to run a successful business, I needed it, but it makes me really uncomfortable. So I'm not going to do it. And so that's just the way it was. And somebody else manages the projects that need to get done. Cause I wish I didn't have to have a to-do list, but I have clients who need things. Right, um, right. And so I have to, but somebody else manages it for me and basically comes to me each week and says, these are the 10 things that have to get out this week. Beautiful. I don't right. have to make it. I have a list. I check them off. And then the rest of my time it's mine. It's so much, but what I love is it's individual for each person. Right. There's no map. There's no map. There's no follow these 10 steps. I like it. I know, but the thing is, and this is what's so challenging is like our whole life we've been told things are right or wrong. So we were constantly looking for somebody else to tell us what to do. And when everyone, and I was just making this video is like when people ask me, why don't adults play enough? My simple answer is 148,000 no's. By the time you're 18, you have heard 148,000 no's. On top of that, adults shooting you all the time. On top of that, a school system that's telling you to ask for permission. And then you have media that's telling you you're not enough. And then anytime you've wanted to do something mischievous or awesome, people are like, stop being too much. You're being too much right now. You're just, oh, why do you got to be do all this life. stuff? Why do you got to do all this? Why do you got to start a podcast? That makes no sense. You know, like there's no ROI with that. And you're just like, shut up. Just shut up. Like, dude, like, let me do my thing. You do your thing. Stop shooting on me because also it's not good for you to shoot on others because then you have to follow those same shoulds, right? So it's just like, and if anything, COVID times has lifted the veil and showed us that nobody knows what they're doing. (laughs) And anyone that's giving you advice, you're like, were you around during 1918? Were you like a pandemic perfectionist back then? Because if you're not, then you need to shut up just like everybody else. And just let people be and let people figure it out for themselves. And I think what what I want to communicate to a lot of your entrepreneurs is just have compassion for yourself, yeah. you know, and just, and trust yourself. I tell people this all the time. You have all the answers that you need. You just simply need to play enough in order to figure them out. Yeah. And I think also in line with that, which is so true for entrepreneurs is a fear of making a mistake, right? We don't play because think about when you play, like something goes wrong. I play this game with my kids. It's really fun. It's called drone home. And basically you have this, it's so fun. It has this little drone in the middle and you have these little aliens and you shoot them inside the drone and then the drone takes off and whoever's inside the drone gets a point, right? It's so dumb and fun and we have and you can knock people out so my older son is incredible at knocking people out like literally it's like he has it timed it's about to take off he shoots and knocks you out right it's so much fun but it's really hard 
And right. my six-year-old, he doesn't care at all. He'll fail a thousand times. But adults that play it are like, I can't, you know, you do it three times, you can't figure it out, right? They've beaten right. me every single time. And my old, my older son, who's starting to sort of figure this out, is like, are you upset you lost? And I was like, no, the fun is playing. The fun is right. watching. So th- I think in, in, in an analogy to entrepreneurship, which I'm hearing you say, and I, I think is so true, is like, you got to make, you got to like, not make it in the drone. Like you got to figure it out. Well, well, it's also ties in with Simon Sinek stuff, right? Do you, what game do you want to play? Do you want to play the infinite game or the finite game? The finite game is you focused on results all the time. Right. And if you're constantly chasing money, followers, all these things, Viola Davis says this the whole time uh, so much is you either claim who you are or you end up chasing your worth for the rest of your life. Oh, that's a you great have quote. A, you, you have a choice. Every choice you make, am I chasing my worth? Am I trying to press impress somebody? Yeah. Who am I trying to impress right now? And if I'm trying to impress someone that that I won't care about in a year, why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. Or am I claiming who, am I, who I am? Am I claiming my nerdiness? Am I claiming that weird nerd person? And just tying this into the inner critic, because I really want to get to just like that last part, yeah. is, yo, let's tackle this inner critic like right now in like the next like two minutes, right? Here's how I do it. I run this workshop, playing with your inner critic. Here's what's worked for me. When you have your inner critic, you know that it's it's there because you feel like crap. You don't know why, but it's just there. So I recommend that people try this experiment. You start writing down all the things that you feel it's saying to you at that moment. You're an imposter. You're a loser. You're going to be broke. You're never going to get married. You're always going to be alone. All the things, all of them. Write them all down on this piece of paper. And then while you're doing that, think about what that inner critic sounds like and what that inner critic looks like. Is it Chad from high school, that bully? <laughs> you know, is it is it your parents and all the other adults shooting on you? Is it someone from third grade, like, like sinister Sally? Like, what is that, right? And then you finally, after you write it down and all those things, you name it. My my friend Marsha Shandor taught me this. Like you, when you name your inner critic, mine is Gargamel. You take a certain <laughs> level of power away from it because then you're like, oh, Gargamel has showed up. And then you can employ your friends to help you. So like my best friend Dane and I will text each other when our inner critics will show up. So she'll be like, Sinister Sally showed up. And I'll be like, here, this is what Gargamel is saying to me right now. And as soon as I text it, even if she doesn't respond to me with anything, just simply me writing it, I'm able to see it and recognize, oh, I see what you're doing, Gargamel. Thank you for showing up. I realize why you're doing this because you're trying to protect me. Negativity bias, lizard brain, you know, all that stuff. But you're not driving the car right now. You need to sit in the back seat. And once you do that enough and you start to train your mind to see that, you're then able to confront that inner critic, thank them for showing up, and then welcome your inner superhero that hasn't been showing up and be like, hey, what's up, dude? Because that inner superhero is the person that is always whispering to you, you got this, right? That quiet voice that's like, you got this. And that is the way in which you can tackle that. I I I also like the reframing of the inner critic as uh, thank you for protecting me. I think that's a very helpful way to sort of take at least – 
reframe how you feel about that inner critic right. because it's clearly doing something in order to like it's not just there because you hate yourself it's there for many other well, reasons it, it was it was needed at a certain right. time right in your yeah. 50 you know in your teens in your 20s sure. but it's not needed anymore but guess what also it's not going away right so if you try <laughs> to crush it or slay it it's just going to get louder but yeah. if you befriend it then you know then you have a good time i like it thank you so much this has been such a fun conversation. I know people are going to want to check out. I know you have some awesome YouTube videos that I was watching and some really great stuff that you're doing. So can you please share where everyone can find you? Yes. So they can find me at rediscoveryourplay.com or you can find me on the handle Jeff Harry Plays, J-E-F-F-H-A-R-R-Y-P-L-A-Y-S. And I'm on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and a bunch of other things. But yeah, you can find me in all those. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us and taking the time. This was very fun. (laughs) Yippee! Thanks so much for having me. I am very excited to announce the launch of the Unbusiness School, Hashtag Legal's new course offerings. In our first round of courses, we have created a series of mini classes on the following topics, business formation, contracts, trademark, copyright, and privacy. Whether you are a creator, a developer, or you own a brick and mortar business, we will be breaking down the topics you need to know that can confuse many business owners. We are here to provide you confidence to make decisions about your business. You no longer have to fear the legal side of your business because you will be empowered to make decisions and will know when to ask for help. For more information, go to school.hashtag-legal.com backslash the unbusiness school. love that having a different perspective. I think it's really important for us to let go more sometimes, you know, he was so fun to talk to. Oh my gosh. I kind of forgot I was interviewing for a podcast episode. (laughs) That's the best way for it to go. What should we ask our listeners about today? I mean, I think we have to ask about holiday shopping. Yes, we do. You are, you are correct. And here are my questions. Do you make a (laughs) list of gifts you have to buy? Do you buy gifts for yourself? Okay. Yes. Let's ask two questions. I mean, we always ask more than a question anyway. Who are we kidding? <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm curious about the list thing. I would almost add a third one. If you use a list or if you make a list, would you, do you stick to it? Oh, that's when a good I make one. a list for gifts, I don't usually stick to it. That's a very good one. Yeah. If you are not a member yeah. of our Facebook group, you can find us at Fearless Business Podcast HQ. You can also find us at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to leave us a review, we love your reviews. So please go ahead and rate, review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks and talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit the transitionscollective.com. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.